I tell you, little buddy, this whole island is bewitched. Remember, we were shipwrecked together. Welcome to this bonus episode of Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My co-host is Greg Cott, and we love to share with you songs that we can't live without. Taking that fictional trip to the desert island, because we ain't been nowhere in more than a year, thanks to (laughs) quarantine. Popping a quarter in the jukebox and playing a song that means a lot to us. It's always an adventure. Greg, give us a little hint, a taste of what you got. All right, Jim. Somewhat intriguing, I think, is uh, I'm going to play a version of the first song written by a young Canadian woman not named Joni Mitchell that became a rock classic. All right, we'll hear more about that in a minute on Sound Opinions. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. Greg, you have a song by a Canadian woman. I'm very intrigued. Mm -hmm. Tell us what you're adding to the Desert Island Jukebox. I'm going to play a song written by one Bonnie Dobson. Uh, That may not be a household name, but uh, Bonnie Dobson wrote a number of really good songs in the 60s, and I'm going to play a version of the very first one that she wrote. This was written in the early 60s in response to a movie called On the Beach. 1959 movie starring Gregory Peck and Ava Gardner. Are you familiar with that movie? I have never seen the movie, but it also influenced a fellow Canadian, uh, Mr. Neil Young. Is that not correct? Yes, indeed. It was quite a powerful movie uh, in that it was about the end of the world. Gregory Peck is a submarine commander Hmm. basically trying to outrun the radiation that is overtaking the planet. He, of course, they realize it's futile after a while. The entire planet's going to die. Gregory Peck and his love interest, Ava Gardner, with it. Um, Ava Gardner. Yeah. yeah. Frank you know? Sinatra, yeah. All right. And, okay. it's, it, and it's a sad and powerful, uh, extremely well-done movie. Classic. I highly recommend it to anyone. It, it still holds up very well. Well, anyway... Bonnie Dobson and her friends were moved by this movie, uh, and they were sitting around, they had dinner together, and they had a big conversation about that and, you know, the idea of apocalypse, which was looming, you know, the fact that there was this nuclear Armageddon bearing down, you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis was on the horizon at that point. So it was a very real fear. So everybody, you know, says goodnight for the night, but Bonnie can't sleep, and she sits down and writes a song for, just because she's so moved by this discussion, And she's never written a song before, but she writes a song called Morning Dew and uh, ends up recording it. She ends up starting to play folk festivals after this song starts circulating in Canada, and and, and it becomes sort of a minor hit. It gets circulated among other songwriters as like an important song during that era, very topical. But at the same time, it's talking about this huge subject, and it's basically a conversation between a man and a woman, probably like a Gregory Peck, Ava Gardner conversation, And we're maybe the last two people left on Earth, and and what's there to do? And instead of kind of playing it for self-righteousness or finger-pointing or self-pity or creating this sort of maudlin atmosphere, they just kind of point to these everyday things that we sort of take for granted. You know, they talk about the morning dew, walking out in the morning dew. There's no more morning dew. You know, a, a baby's crying in the distance. That can be an annoying thing sometimes. Now we don't hear that cry anymore. Yeah. And it's a beautiful, haunting song, I think, for its understatement 
about a very powerful subject. So this song got picked up four or five years later by a series of rockers, you know, the, the emerging rock scene, starting to look for topical songs, songs that had real substance, you know, the Dylan era was uh, upon us and you know your songs had to say something Mm -hmm. so the Grateful Dead Jerry Garcia was introduced to the song and said we got to record that and the Dead put it on one of their early albums and it soon started becoming a centerpiece of their shows they would extend it out and I remember (laughs) was the Dead's way (laughs) yes and I I remember being a dead skeptic you know I was introduced to them by a friend uh, you know in the dorm I was living in, in Marquette University you know I was big into punk rock you know punk rock all the time and the Dead I didn't get it Mm-hmm. But when he played me this song, we sat down and, and listened to it. I was like, wow, that's a pretty powerful song. Pretty soon realized that all these other rockers had recorded it, sort of influenced by the Dead's version. You know, the Jeff Beck group, you know, with Rod Stewart on vocals. Greg and Dwayne Allman recorded a version of it. Years later, Robert Plant did his own version of mm-hmm. it. I'm going to play one of the covers because I feel it speaks to this whole way of how music is passed through the generations and has a life of its own. Here's a song that's written almost 60 years ago, and it still has a life today because of the way it's played by these different incarnations of bands. By all means, go back and listen to the Bonnie Dobson See, I feel ripped off. I'm not going to support Sound Opinions on Patreon because you're not playing the original. I want to hear the original. What I want to tell you is that everybody, even the people who you least suspect have a little bit of Grateful Dead in them. And one day, Jim Deere Goddess, you're going to own up to the fact that the Grateful Dead are worth checking out. For the record, I am a fan of Anthem of the Sun. Yeah. All right? The weirdest and worst record, arguably. But that's me. Well, the point being that the Dead were great at pointing back to unknown, obscure, but classic artists and songs from earlier eras. They were kind of song collectors. Yeah. And this Bonnie Dobson song, I, I don't know if this Bonnie Dobson song would have the life it has had it, the dead not covered it you know, a few years after it was yeah, written. I mean, if this wasn't the bonus podcast, you have buried the lead so deep. Who is the artist so, that actually is covering the song? I had no idea that the National, for example, were big Grateful Dead fans yeah. until they put out this five-disc Grateful Dead tribute album that was overseen by a couple of the guys in the band, Aaron and Bryce Dessner. They produced it. And the National were one of the bands that participated in this project. It was a benefit for a charity, the Red Hot Organization. So it was all these covers of Grateful Dead songs or songs that had been popularized by the Grateful Dead. And they included, the National did, their version of Morning Dew. So here we have Five, six decades later, new versions of this song appearing. And I think The National does one of the best jobs of capturing the sort of haunting atmosphere of that song that Bonnie Dobson was getting at in her original. So here's The National with their version of Morning Dew on Sound Opinions. Walk me out in the morning Thought I 
That is Morning Dew, the national covering Bonnie Dobson's classic song, Via the Grateful Dead, on a tribute album to the Grateful Dead. That's where that can be found. But don't forget to go back to the original by Bonnie Dobson. You know how in all those uh, all those serial killer movies, there's always the detective with the board, the entire wall yeah. with all the strings between it? That's what you just did. <laughs> uh, and if anybody's going to have to follow the strings from from pin to pin to pin to pin to pin, the National. I'm playing a song by the National. Okay, That's what we do on this show, Jim. We connect the dots, man. That is it for this bonus episode of Sound Opinions. For more full episodes, visit soundopinions.org. And to sponsor the show, email sponsor at soundopinions.org. Thanks for listening.